Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome back to the Dirt Show. On October 7th of this year, just um, hours after the horrible massacres, rapes, and beheadings that took place, uh, in Israel, at the hands of Hamas, I dropped everything I was doing and started to write a book. Um, um, I decided to call the book The War Against the Jews. And there were some people who were criticizing me saying, well, you know, this is really just a war against Israel. Well, it has certainly turned out to be a war against the Jews. I think I was very prescient. Look what happened in Russia the other day. A group of Muslims uh, went to the airport and conducted a pogrom. They broke down walls. They tried to get Jews. They tried to chase them down. And, and if they had caught them, they would have killed them. That's what used to happen in Russia. That's what used to happen in Poland. That's what used to happen in Ukraine. These are pogroms. And the um, marches that students, including Jewish students, uh, are conducting at universities, they're not directed against uh, Israel or in favor of the Palestinians. They're they're directed against uh, Jews. We need to clean the world in the picture of a Star of David in the garbage pail um, and other things, uh, you know, get the Jews, gas the Jews. Um, Israel is an excuse for anti-Semitism in Palestinians or a worse excuse. Um, almost none of the people who are participating in this free Palestine uh, events care about any other group in the world. They don't care about the Kurds who deserve statehood much more than the Palestinians. There are many more of them. They were given a state by treaty and they don't generally use violence. Uh, Palestinians are about 18th on the list of people who deserve a state. They don't care about the Uyghurs in China. They don't care about many, many, many of the other groups that uh, are calling for statehood and that are oppressed. The only reason the Palestinians get any attention is because they're alleged the pressures are Jews. It's just pure and simple um, anti-Semitism. Uh, um, in about a, a week, um, uh, the world will celebrate, celebrate is a terrible word for it, commemorate what happened 85 years ago in the beginning of, of November 1938, just a couple of months after I was born. Um, it's now called Kristallnacht. It's not a good term. Um, Kristallnacht just in German means the night of the broken crystals, the night of the broken glass. It was a major program conducted by the Nazi party. They were, they were in power at that point, and they were conducting a, a program against Jewish store owners. They broke their windows. They broke their glass. Um, 91 Jews uh, were, were murdered, probably more, but we're not, we're not sure of, of the number. Thousands were uh, injured. Um, uh, some were sexually assaulted. Um, 91 Jews, and that was regarded as a a major uh, pogrom. It, it was also a warning. Uh, it was a wake-up call to the Jews of Germany, and a lot of them got out after Kristallnacht. And in that respect, Kristallnacht may have saved lives uh, because people realized that uh, Hitler's Nazi regime um, was going to be much more serious than just discrimination against Jews. I mean, there had been discrimination against Jews. Um, just shortly before that, um, every major university in um, 
Germany uh, excluded Jews from serving on the faculty, Jews who had won, you know, major, major prizes in physics and other areas. In fact, Germany called the Jewish physics, um, uh, uh, Einstein and others. Um, but Kristallnacht, to use a, a, a bad pun, crystallized everything. It really did. It uh, made it clear that things are likely to get worse. Now, that didn't help the Jews of Poland because, you know, they, they, weren't really following what was going on in Germany. They hadn't been attacked by Germany. They should have realized it, and some did. Some of my relatives did get out and went to what was then Palestine. Some came to America. Many didn't and were killed in the Holocaust, including um, a 16 or 17-year-old girl and a 15-year-old boy who were taken to Auschwitz and, and died. His name was Dershowitz and lived in the town that my family uh, uh, came from. Uh, that was a Kristallnacht, and it was conducted by Hitler Youth. You know what we're seeing now? My students, my friends' children, are now Hitler's youth. They are now doing what the people did on Kristallnacht, what the people did during the Stalinist purges of Jews, what the people did during the Chmelnitsky massacres of the 17th, uh, a century, what people did during the massacres, massacres in, in Kovno and in, 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 um, in other places in Ukraine uh, did. Uh, they're, they're not wearing swastikas. They're wearing uh, PLO or uh, Hamas uh, or Islamic Jihad uh, symbols, but it's just like the swastika. When you have people holding up signs saying, clean, clean the world of Jews. That's what Hitler wanted to do. And that's what's going on. So is the attack of, of October 7th, Kristallnacht? No, it is not. It is not the attack. It is not what Hamas did. That's not Kristallnacht. What's Kristallnacht is what the Harvard students did what the Vassar students did, what the Columbia students did, what the Cornell students did. That's Kristallnacht. And remember that these protests began before Israel fired a single shot, sent a single soldier, sent a single air force uh, into, into Gaza. These were reactions not to what Israel did, but to what Israel is, namely the nation state of the Jewish people. And these folks, the National Lawyers Guild, the National Lawyers Guild, consisting of thousands of American lawyers, before Israel fired a shot, blamed the rapes, the beheadings, the massacres, and the kidnappings on Israel. You know, in anti-Semitic old Poland, there used to be a, a motto that went like this, if something has gone wrong in the world, the Jews must be behind it. And that's what these people, my former students, my friends' children— that's what they're saying when they say it was Israel's fault. If there were rapes, if there were beheadings, if there were kidnappings, it must be the Jews' fault. It's always the Jews' fault. In this case, it's Israel's fault. That's the nation state of the, of the Jewish people. It's just a replica. I mean, these ignoramuses, these students, these Harvard students, these Cornell students, these Penn students, these, you name it, students, they're so ignorant of history that 
they don't realize that they're today's version of Hitler's youth. That Hitler's youth started by burning books, but as Heinrich Heine predicted, when you start by burning books, you end by burning people. And, and these folks, during these demonstrations that occurred at, at Vassar in Columbia, they were calling for eliminating Zionists from college campuses. Do not allow them in public life. And Berkeley did that. The University of California Law School at Berkeley student organizations voted to ban Zionists. Me, probably many of you, but if a student organization at Berkeley wanted to invite me to talk about a woman's right to have an abortion under the Constitution or gay rights, I couldn't speak because it wasn't a ban on Zionism. It was a ban on Zionists, on Jews who support Israel. So I am now banned, officially banned by clubs at a public university, the University of California. How is that different than the University of Heidelberg that banned Jewish professors in the 1930s? I mean, these ignoramuses don't understand that they're Hitler's youth. Look in the mirror. See the swastika. It may be hard to see. It's not visible, but it takes the form of a green bandana on your forehead. You may not be wearing it, but you're supporting it. What you're saying is Israel was to blame for raping its own women and beheading its own children, burning kids to death. It was Israel's fault. It was Israel's fault. Just like the defeat of the First World War in Germany, that was the Jews' fault. The inflation in Germany, that was the Jews' fault. It's all the Jews' fault. If anything goes wrong in the world, it's the Jews' fault. And that's what we're hearing today. And so don't tell me they're kids. They were kids in Nazi Germany. They were kids in Stalinist Russia. They were kids who were involved in the revolution that brought the Ayatollahs to power in Iran. No, no, they're not kids. You hold them responsible if they engage in plagiarism at the age of 18 and 19. Don't make excuses for them. These are adult bigots who will grow up to be older bigots. Then they will be elected to Congress and they will join the squad, a group of other bigots. And then they will become editors of the New York Times and join the bigots on that newspaper and on some of the television stations that blame everything on Israel, that carry a headline that the New York Times did, that Israel bombed the hospital in Gaza, killed 700 people. Whoops, up, oh, whoops, up, oh, sorry. Uh, only the Hamas said that, but we didn't really emphasize that. We emphasized the fact that it was, it was Israel. Of course, you're going to get people doing that. The New York Times hires, rehires after firing a Nazi who wrote a post glorifying Hitler. And then he got fired. But when the war broke out in the Gaza, they rehired him. And he's been involved in seven or eight articles. So you have an overt Nazi writing and photographing for the New York Times. Surprised? No, I'm not surprised. None of this has really taken me by surprise, the extent of it, perhaps. But I saw it coming. I wrote about this in my book, The Case for Israel. I wrote about it in my book, Chutzpah. And now I'm writing about it in, in my new book, uh, The War Against uh, the Jews. And please, please, please order it in advance. If, if you like what you hear on this show, please order my book, War Against the Jews, 
uh, how to end Hamas barbarism, order it from Amazon in advance because that sends a symbol. You know, people have tried to cancel me and shut me up. Um, the 92nd Street Y will not allow me to talk about Israel. They won't allow me to speak about this book. Temple Emanuel will not allow me to speak about this book. They'll allow Peter Beinhardt, who thinks that Israel shouldn't be allowed to exist. Temple Emanuel will allow him to speak and pay him $25,000. But me, they won't allow me to speak for free um, to their members. Or, or the Y won't allow me to speak um, because, what, I defended Donald Trump? Uh, on the floor uh, of the Senate. I was falsely accused by a woman who now admits that she may have misidentified me and withdraw all of her claims against me. Is that a reason for not allowing people to hear my point of view? Well, I'm not taking it. So that's why I write the book every six months, because, you know, I'm going to have my views expressed and, and, and you have to help me. You have to help me by ordering this book. I'm going to contribute the proceeds to charity don't worry about that. This is not a profit-making thing uh, uh, for me. Uh, in fact, I'm I'm really focusing my charity these days on Israel, making sure that they receive enough funding to do everything they need to destroy Hamas. I'm, I'm sending my contributions to an organization called United Hatzalah, which is an ambulance and emergency service consisting of Jews, Muslims, Christians that service Jews, Muslims, and Christians all over. Israel. They have a 90-second rule. They'll get to any accident anywhere in Israel in 90 seconds, and they've never been more needed. So I have donated um, uh, ambicycles to them. I've donated uh, all kinds of medical equipment to them, and I'm going to continue to do that. Not a penny to Harvard, not a nickel to Yale, not a quarter to Brooklyn College or the City University of New York. I'm not giving any money to the Metropolitan Opera. I love the opera. I went to the opera last night. But I'm not giving any money to the opera anymore. In the last couple of years, they have put on two virulently anti-Semitic operas, one glorifying um, a, a terrorist that threw a crippled Jew uh, into the water and murdered him, and they wrote an opera about him. Fortunately, it's a very mediocre opera. And then there's an opera this year. I'm going to see every opera probably not going to see this one, The Life and Times of Malcolm X. Why? I knew Malcolm X. I had dinner with him. The guy was a virulent anti-Semite. I hope the opera is a mediocre one, because I would be ashamed if it had great music around the life of a man who was one of the people that has been a cause of so much anti-Semitism in so many minority communities today. If you look at the Brooklyn Bridge, which was, or, the, or, or Grand Central Station, you see several groups of people um, who are involved in these virulently anti-Israel demonstrations. First, there's this idiotic group called the Jewish Voice for Peace, which isn't Jewish and doesn't have a voice and is for war, not peace. But uh, they're, you know, they don't believe Israel's right to exist. They support Hamas to the hilt. That's one group. Another a group of Muslims, uh, extremists, radicals, who not all Muslims, a lot of Muslims are very decent people. Some of them even support Israel. Um, and many of them do not support Hamas, but many on the bridges and in Grand Central do support Hamas. And then there are too many, too many, too many minorities of other kinds that believe that all minorities are the same. No, no, they're not. You have nothing in common with Hamas. You have nothing in common with murderers, rapists, and don't associate with them. But um, some minorities under this concept of intersectionality uh, think that they have an obligation to do it. So 
if you go to some of these or see some of these demonstrations on television or see the people who've threatened Jews or talking about slitting the throats of Jews or shooting Jews, um, when you see who they are, they consist of several different kinds of groups. Again, not everybody in these groups, but too many from too many of these groups. So I'm reallocating my, my charity I'm giving. I don't think anybody should contribute one nickel to Black Lives Matter ever. I believe that Black Lives Matter. Of course I do. But they don't believe that Jewish lives matter. And so I'm not going to contribute a nickel to an organization that the day after these barbaric murders sent out a tweet glorifying Hamas, glorifying their glider planes that went in uh, and slit the throats of Jewish uh, babies and, and women. No, no, no. Black Lives Matter. Forget about it. I will support minorities. I will support the aspirations of black people, but not through a horrible organization like Black Lives Matter. I support civil liberties, but I will not support the National Lawyers Guild, which used to be a communist front organization, and now it's a Hamas front organization. It's a neo-Nazi organization. National Lawyers Guild made peace with the Nazis. It supported Hitler in 1939. Now it supports Hamas. It's Hitler's youth. I know my students belong to the National Lawyers Guild. I have friends that belong to the National Lawyers Guild. I hope they don't belong any longer because you can't belong to the National Lawyers Guild today and be a decent human being. When the National Lawyers Guild, the morning after these horrible, horrible, horrible murders, supported Hamas and said they did the right thing. That's not an organization you want to belong to. It's not an organization you want to belong to if you want to have any decency and any decent friends. History will judge you very harshly. It would be as if you belong to the American Bund. Remember that in 1939, 1938, during those years, just on the run-up to the Second World War, hundreds of thousands of Americans marched down the streets of Yorkville, where I live, um, near Sutton Place, and they were carrying uh, swastikas, and they were doing Heil Hitler salutes, and they were wearing Nazi uniforms, and 20 or so thousand of them then piled into Madison Square Garden and listened to Nazis make speeches. These were Americans supporting Nazism. They at least had the good sense to stop and disappear and climb back under their rocks after Pearl Harbor and after Germany and Japan essentially declared war on the United States. And interestingly enough, they were never pursued. You know, former communists were pursued, but former Nazis were not pursued. Uh, many of them continue to live uh, good lives, and some of them served in the war even. Um, but in the 30s, they were the Nazi youth. And <clears throat> when history looks back at what's going on today at Cornell and Columbia and Harvard and Penn and, and Vassar, they will point the finger at your children your grandchildren, your nephews, your nieces, and they will identify them as Hitler youth. And I'm going to do that. I'm trying to get the names of every single person who supports Hamas, who supported these mass murders. I want the public to know their names. This is not McCarthyism. This is not doxing. This is freedom of speech under the First Amendment and the marketplace of ideas. The marketplace of ideas to be open has to be transparent. And if you're carrying a sign saying, clean the world of Jews, I want to know who you are. And I want your clients, if you're a lawyer, to know who you are. 
I want to know whether you belong to the National Lawyers Guild. I want to know whether you support the National Lawyers Guild statements that it's okay to kill and behead and rape Jews. I particularly want to know whether you're in favor of rape because the National Lawyers Guild is supposed to be a feminist organization. But we now have feminists for Hamas. We have gays for Hamas. We have transgender people for uh, Hamas. You know what would happen to these people if they ever went to the Gaza Strip? They would be murdered. They would be tortured to death. What hypocrisy. Don't they even know what they're supporting? But for them, the hatred of Jews transcends anything else. I mean, they hate Jews more than they support gays or support feminists. Hamas supports honor killings. If you disrespect your man and you're a woman, you get killed. And you deserve to get killed. And your killer gets honored. That's who you're supporting. Do you know that? Students, you ignoramuses, you bigots, do you even know that? Do you care? Do you care that you're supporting rapists? I wonder. Look in the mirror and say to yourself, I support rapists. I support torturers. I support beheaders. I support kidnappers. I support people who have killed Holocaust survivors and three-year-old babies. I support people who have burned babies in front of their parents and then killed their parents or burned parents in front of their children and then killed the children. You support them. You're Hitler youth. And if you don't know it, I'm going to rub it in your face every day. And I'm going to find out your names, not your addresses. I'm not giving out your addresses. I'm not giving out your sexual orientation. I'm not doxing you. I'm just telling you, not in America, not in my America, you don't go around supporting rapists and then hide beneath a rock or beneath Amnesty International's label. Amnesty International at Harvard defends and supports rape. Yeah, that's okay, but who is Amnesty International? These petitions weren't written by artificial intelligence. They're written by real bigot human beings who are students at Harvard who are going to go to Harvard Law School, who are going to then pass the bar, and who are going to represent decent people who don't know that they're bigots and they're ignoramuses. There's only two choices. You're either a bigness or bigot, bigot or an ignoramus or both. The students and I say, we didn't know what we were signing. We didn't know we were signing anything. We just had put a paper in front of us and we signed it. You're going to be a lawyer and you're going to claim you don't know what you're signing. So you're either an ignoramus or if you're not an ignoramus, then you knew what you were signing. Then you're a bigot. There's no third alternative. Yeah, some of you signed it because you wanted to get sex and you figured it was easy to get sex if you joined these demonstrations. I know that. I remember the 1960s. You're responsible for that. Even getting sex isn't important enough, I'm sorry, to sign a bigoted statement. I remember when people would say we join the left rather than the right because sex is easier to get on the left. If that's your principles, okay, let us know it. Let us know what your principles are. But there's no excuse for any of that. There's no excuse for it. And we're going to hold you responsible. And we're going to hold you accountable. You're not getting away with this so easily just because you're young. Hitler's youth was young. Stalin's youth was young. The Ayatollah's youth was young. So we're going to be back to some of these issues. But 
in the meantime, um, oh, one more point I want to make. The White House has been making a terrible mistake. Every time it condemns anti-Semitism, it condemns anti-Muslim attitudes. No! There is no anti-Muslim attitudes today at universities. It is a myth. One kid was killed by some landlord, probably over a dispute over money or because he was an idiot or a psychotic. But Muslims are not being chased at the airports in Russia. Muslims are not having their threatened with their throats being split. Do not create an equivalence between Jew hatred and Muslim hatred. There is virtually no Muslim hatred in America today. There is Jew hatred. And don't try to create an equivalence just so you sound good. There is no equivalence. The problem today is anti-Semitism. The problem today is Jew hatred. The problem today is hatred of Israel, anti-Zionism. It is not anti-Muslim. In fact, there's tremendous amount of support for radical Islam on college campuses today. So don't create an equivalent. That's a phony. And that's a phony, whether it's coming from Jake Sullivan, whether it's coming from President Biden, or whether it's coming from his press secretary. I've heard it from all of them. It's wrong. Focus on the evil. Focus on the problem. The problem is Jew hatred, not Muslim hatred. We shouldn't have any Muslim hatred, but that's not the problem today. So focus on the real problem and don't try to cover your rear ends by saying, oh, my God, there are two equal equivalent problems. There's anti-Jewish issues and there's anti-Muslim issues. No, no, no. They are not equivalent. The problem of anti-Jewish attitudes is infinitely worse on college campuses today than any problem of anti-Muslim attitudes. If there is any anti-Muslim attitudes, get rid of it. It has no place. I would never support it under any circumstances. Do not generalize. But there is anti-Jew hatred, and that is the problem we ought to be focusing on. Okay. Is it a true story that Roosevelt called together all the power brokers from Hollywood and told them not to make any films about the Holocaust during World War II because he did not want the public to think America was fighting in Europe for the Jews? Well, I don't know if that story is correct, but certainly Hollywood was told to know on certain terms, don't make films about the Holocaust, and they didn't. The first film about Jews, obviously, was uh, made by a non-Jew. It was a gentleman's agreement with, I think it was Gregory Peck, um, but, you know, one of the great actors of the day. And it was about anti-Jewish discrimination. Of course, it starred a non-Jew who was pretending to be a Jew to soften things. But uh, Hollywood did not make any films about the Holocaust between Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator and... Um, and a gentleman's agreement. So Hollywood did 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 fail. Um, professor, it's common knowledge that the Department of Justice will overcharge defendants in an effort to coerce them to testify against the main targets of their investigation. Believe me, I know that. I've been studying that, writing about it since the 1960s. Um, but now it seems the practice has gotten completely out of hand. Is there something Congress can do to stop this bias manipulation of the law? And should they? Of course they should. They should stop these deals, uh, which I call the trial penalty. If you go to trial and lose, you get 10 times the amount of jail time than if you plead guilty. And the government has far too much power, far too much influence over plea bargains and 
and over trying to flip defendants. And when you flip them, not only do they sing, but they often compose. And that's a problem that Congress can deal with. I'd love to see hearings done on that. Professor, a guest lecturer at Stanford asked Jewish students to identify themselves and then asked them to stand in the corner so that they could feel like the Palestinians trapped in Gaza. None of the articles in this event identify who the lecturer was. Do you know who that person is? Well, I'll find out. We certainly should know who it is. My understanding is that he may have been suspended, but I'm not sure. But you cannot divide a class and say Jews here. You know, that's called the selection process. It's very reminiscent of what Dr. Mengele did. And if this professor wants to be like Dr. Mengele, so be it. But let's make sure that the world knows. So I agree with you. And please send me names. I want to know names. I want to know people who have publicly identified. If you're a teacher and you make statements like that, or if you're a Cornell teacher and you approve loudly of what happened in Hamas, or if you're Norman Finkelstein and you said, it warms my heart to see these women raped, uh, essentially. Uh, he supported what Hamas was doing. So although he didn't say, I'd love to see women raped, that's what he was saying, essentially. Uh, if you're Norman Finkelstein, you know, your name should be known and should be hated around the civilized world. So I want to make sure that we have full transparency and you can write to me, call me, and you can be sure that I will publicly articulate their names and make sure that every potential employer, employee, uh, client, patient knows. A doctor the other day was uh, talking about that too. And do you want to be treated by a doctor who believes in rape and, and believes in killing people if they're Jewish? I sure don't. So uh, more of this, more on other subjects. See you tomorrow. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.